0: Space Branks, the show where we joy-watch sci-fi movies and then talk about what was good and what was great. I'm sorry, and this is Mark.
1: Hiya. Tonight we're talking about IO. It's a 2019 film. It's basically about a female scientist named Sam that's left on planet Earth. She's trying to figure out a way to make Earth work after it's become toxic. Uh, when everyone else has been shipped off to a moon uh, orbiting Jupiter. And it's sort of her decision whether she should stay on Earth or leave.
0: Turn back now. This is your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen this movie, go back and watch it and then join us as we discuss it.
1: Turn away, turn away, turn away. So what was your number
0: one takeaway from IO? Number one takeaway is that be eugenics okay. Okay. Human eugenics, it's been frowned on traditionally.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. We shouldn't sort of annihilate a whole generation of the human species, you don't think?
0: Yeah, well, it's, it gets difficult. You see, it's very easy to pick a bee that performs better and breed it. But when you start going around hand-selecting humans to, who perform better and yeah. breeding them, that's, I guess, a bit mean.
1: It is mean. It's mean. It's not allowed. We, we've done it with dogs, haven't
0: we? Really. I, and I right. want to get to breed.
1: Yeah, we humans should be allowed to breed. Apparently,
0: apparently. But not with dogs.
1: Not with dogs, because that's the whole coronavirus. Or bees. Or, or bees. <laughs> because
0: that's You're, a pain in the ass.
1: You wouldn't want to admit to that that you've bred with a bee, would you? Well, that would sort of say something about your anatomy.
0: It would give you a. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the queen bee is the size of an inch. Hmm. And I mated with her.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, that's, that's B Eugenics.
1: That's B Eugenics. Which is okay. Yes, it is okay.
0: Uh, how about you? Is this a movie of hope, warning, or is it an experiment?
1: I'm going experiment. For a long time, we have had a lot of warnings, sorry. Whereas I think this is an experiment because um, the film, and we've had the warning, so please stop, go watch it, come back. Uh, so I'm gonna ruin it all right now, is that, you know, the start of this plot is that, you know, Earth has had this, we've, we've ruined Earth, we've polluted it, we've stuffed it up completely beyond repair, which is maybe where we're heading as we know right now with the whole coal debate, et cetera. And um, the, in this film, we've gone into the future, maybe 30 years or something after that, and humans have left, And the air is just not breathable. You know, you literally have to have an oxygen mask to survive here. It's that toxic. Yeah. And every type of animal has died. All the animals. Yeah. Like there's that great, I do like there's a really good line here about the birds. Yeah. And she sort of says, you know, you would think that some of the birds could have survived because they could have flown high enough to maybe better levels of oxygen. And he's like, well, they've got to land somewhere. Yeah, and yeah, I, 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 I liked that because it made you think, yeah, if as humans we've stuffed the planet Earth up, which we seem to be heading that way, that the, you know, everything dies, doesn't it? All the animals die, et cetera. It's not just humans. You know, we all die. Um, so why I think it's an experiment is because for, that's the setup of the film is that the air is toxic and the experiment is, well, if we kind of, Move further enough into the future, can we overcome that through human genetics or you know genetics in general? So I think it's an experiment, and and this film is suggesting no to begin with, and then yes.
0: Yeah. So which could put it as a bit of a hope there. Yeah. Then maybe there is hope. But but the problem is though that the trouble has been caused by humans. Humans. Yeah. So, hope usually is humans overcoming... Um, like
1: an asteroid or yeah, aliens. An external
0: yeah, external problem. Otherwise, it's a warning then when humans have screwed us up.
1: It is a warning because, you know, you screw the planet. it's gonna The air is going to become so toxic you can't even live here. I'm, I'm going to go
0: experiment too, though, because...
1: But the film focuses more on the experiment, I think.
0: For the reasons that, one, it's humans who screwed up the planet. So, it can't really sort of be a hope because it's like, Hope we don't screw up too badly, but it is and warning well, huge numbers of the Earth's population got off to Io and they're gonna move on to uh, another planet. Proxima yeah. Centauri, yeah, beautiful which they reckon has got a, a twin of Earth.
1: Yeah, lovely. So I don't know where this place that's, is, but that's I it's like only
0: really it. a warning that's kinda of like, Oh, well, okay. That's let's just do it. <laughs> that's nice.
1: Let's do it tomorrow. I mean, honestly.
0: So, yeah, a bit more of an experiment. As in first of all, you're the last people on Earth. What do you? what's going through your mind there? Do you try and love your mother or do you jump ship? Yep. And this does both.
1: Yeah, it does. It totally does. And I, I agree with that rationale. I would love to know scientists out there, and they could hit us up on our socials. If you watch this film, do you think it is possible? Because she is only the first generation. Like her father was before the toxicity. Yeah. She's come along and, okay, she does get negatively affected by the toxic um, air. But then at the end of the film, you know, the climax is her kind of taking the mask off and she apparently survives. And then also going further into the future, she's had a child that is also okay. I mean, my limited knowledge of evolution would suggest that that would not be possible. Such a quick breakdown, you know what I mean? Because humans don't evolve that quickly, do we? No, we're not, like, we're not like bacteria or Yeah, viruses. if you take bacteria, you know, insects that their lifespan so short that, of course, it can. So bees, I could get that. Like, you know, within a few generations, maybe they've accepted the air quality, you know, but humans would take a lot longer than that.
0: Yeah. It was, I would think. I would it was think. hinted in this movie, however, that there was more history behind this uh, scientist's father... What's yeah, so maybe he did something else. Harold.
1: Uh, yeah, I wrote it. down. Uh, uh, Werner? Werner. Werner. I think. That's it. I think it's Werner, isn't it? Werner. Yes. Yeah.
0: So there's sort of a bit of a hint there that old Werner and <laughs> old his Werner. Old wife, Werner. old man Werner, old man and Werner. his wife Joe, Joan, Julie, June, June. June oh June. my goodness! <laughs> it's like I watched this movie just earlier today. Yes, June. It, it's sort of a hint there that there had Can't been. Say. They were actually running an experiment. At a largest sense, that uh, it was Waldron. Waldron is his name. Old man Waldron. Waldron or up. Waldron.
1: Waldron American.
0: So it was kind. Of, it was kind of hinted that there was ongoing experiments prior to Sam's arrival. Yeah. The, um. Micah, when he's there, he says, "You know, your dad. What did he do to your mum? Well, what's what's he done?" It was sort of somehow it was implied that he'd done this scientific experimentation done on the mum, and she died.
1: And, you know, like she, Sam was kind of doing that test into her own belly. And she's yeah. kind of like, oh, it builds up our immunity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: so it was implied that, yeah, maybe they did do things to themselves to make it a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like speed up that process, I guess. But I still have doubts about that idea of it getting so quickly evolved.
0: Yeah. Because like,
1: you're only, took, like, I mean, she was young, like 18.
0: It didn't 20. really say what the pollutant was. But flames turned purple, which I found it is mostly potassium salts. Yeah. Potassium and I mean she chloride. reacted
1: very toxic, you know, like she had oxygen on the whole time. And when she that scene early in the film, she take you know, she runs out of oxygen and she like you know, like she runs out of air to breathe.
0: She's gasping, yes, but that's only because she's got that mask on. It's it it's a bit it would be good. So if um
1: if there's scientists out there that can tell us.
0: If the scientists want to go chime in on that, or even the 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 director and writer of this film would like to get in touch Definitely. So, so far we've had very few of those things we yeah, have. I know but I'd love couple, to get a bit more contact we, we have had a couple. to a couple yeah. directors so yeah. that's pretty cool
1: the West Australian directors Ooh. are standing you know strong on the shoulders
0: Giants. bring, bring out the West Aussies <laughs> yeah so it's so quite a good quite a good uh, question to ponder
1: yes but let us know what you think whether it's a hope warning or experiment so hit us up and send us a message about that what have you been up to, Surrey? Are, are you up to your 18th sci-fi book yet? Published, printed uh, out there? No, no. Uh, New York I'm, bestseller?
0: Uh, I'm just finishing off my uh, how to write a novel. And oh, it, and okay. You've gone down that element, yeah. I'm down to the using the, the, what software to use and how to format your document before you start writing yep. so that you don't spend six years trying to format it later on and have it go all shonky. Very good or, information. Particularly because, let's face it, if you're a self-published author starting out and you're looking for ways of writing a novel, you probably don't want to fork out like a couple hundred dollars to get someone to format it for you. And you don't need to. So that's what I'm up to there. So there's going to be some screenshots and diagrams, bits and pieces that I've got to do. But otherwise, I've been wondering how I can get a hold of this new Star Trek Picard. Because uh, Jean-Luc Picard was one of my favorite captains from Next Generation. It's on Amazon Prime though. and
1: So hit us up if you know how to get that. Yeah. Well, okay. Being
0: a computer, I know how to get a hold of it. I'm yeah. just just tossing up whether I should um, pay Legitimate Amazon Prime reasons. or I should wait for it to come out on DVD or, or what. Yeah. So if someone's got a little review of that, they want to quickly tell me whether it's Is worth Is it worth time spending the money? Yeah. I'd like to find out. Because mm. I quite like that, that new one, the yeah, Star Trek Discovery. Which has got, uh, that was on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's quite good. Uh, so, we get
1: so, I mean, there's such a war. Com- I mean, we're in Australia and there's such a war coming uh, soon of the streaming services. You know, like we've had Disney come and there's big talk of HBO in America are actually going to, they've already. Um, license it, is a streaming service. yeah. And right. in Australia, what that will mean is like Foxtel will lose one of their biggest um, providers. But in the UK, HBO has signed a, an extension saying, yeah, that like you know, Sky, I think it's called in the UK, will still continue HBO stuff. So in Australia, we've got Netflix, we've got Stan, they're big players, Disney's just come in. If we start to get those other ones like... Um, uh hbo and and i think amazon and a couple of those others start to come in heavily uh all of a sudden there's this massive content war going on isn't it And
0: we're going to be going back to piracy here in australia i'm afraid
1: i think so because all of a sudden then you're not just paying the 12 bucks to netflix you're paying 12 bucks to each of them and it suddenly adds up to 50 bucks
0: yeah suddenly paying 50 or 60 a month and let's face it that's a case of beer it is and
1: that's a big expense in australia
0: that's that's a yeah, well, that's one case less each month I'd have.
1: Well, that's right.
0: Alcoholic, but <laughs> having having said that, yeah, it's terrible to think that these con these content wars are usually based around one or two flagship shows. They are, aren't they? Which is a real shame because I'm looking at there's this Star Trek Picard. Uh, there's a couple other on. There's another one on Amazon. I can't can't remember what it is. I thought it was interesting, but. You know, I don't want to... I don't watch that much TV. Yeah. So I don't want to yeah, pay another $10 a month to get access to one show. And HBO found with Game of Thrones one really big show that everyone wants to watch. If you don't provide it in all the formats and all the manners that people are able to or want to watch it, then you end up also end up with the most yeah, pirated people. show in history. Yeah. And Australia was the... Uh, kingdom of piracy yeah. of Game of Thrones because it's
1: only available on Foxtel here, and so it's quite expensive and, to get.
0: Yeah, you couldn't just get it. Just get the HBO package. You no. had to get some, you know, sixty well, yeah, you or seventy dollar yeah. a month. Yeah. You have to sign up with Foxtel. Business, and, yeah, yeah, it's, and then yeah. they wouldn't sell the DVDs here for years. Uh Like honestly, so that's the problem I sort of see is you end up with all of this scattering of good content mm. across all these things. You at some point you're going. I'm not paying twelve bucks a month nah. to watch one show. Was
1: well, the same with Disney because Disney was on on Foxtel, and then it swapped over to Stan. Yeah, you know, and so it's like, sorry, not Foxtel. Uh, it was on Foxtel, but it was on Netflix. They had some stuff. Netflix, so yeah. yeah, they had some some of the movies on Netflix and stuff like that. Um, when it was just kind of, I think Net- Disney kind of going, <laughs> who pays for streaming stuff? Yeah. And then they suddenly realised, oh crap, everyone does, and so. They've kind of been going. Well, we should have our own streaming service, you know. But so. you know,
0: the nice thing about all these streaming services, most of their flagship shows that they're advertising are science fiction related.
1: They are, and the other thing is, it's high quality stuff, isn't it? Like they're wow. really investing in it. I mean, since there's
0: been a couple of
1: Netflix, um, I know that that you know they've they've gotten now into the movies and the you know that Bright movie, which was a sci-fi movie that was sixty million dollar movie, you know, yeah. like big big well, money. Will Smith in it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And one of the Chris's.
1: They did. And young Australian actress played the fairy or whatever it was. But yeah, like they there's suddenly there's investment in sci fi and content. That's good stuff. Yeah. All right. We should r- jump into the
0: plot of IO, I believe. Sorry. So IO starts off with uh, voiceover a little voiceover telling <laughs> us that we'd screwed the world. Yeah. And in one, uh, people started dying. And then one evening, Everyone jumped in rocket ships and flew away. Yeah,
1: 100 ships left Earth
0: to 100. go to this That's orbit. not a lot.
1: No, it's not a lot. But if we're orbiting this... I mean, look, just on a little side note, like, why? Why go all the way to... you know, Anyway, I got a bit well, confused they, by
0: it. Yeah. Like, why does it... it I know it, they say they,
1: there's a power station, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, come on. Well, I mean,
0: they originally launched the power station to save Earth. I assume that the bad... Uh, air was caused by some power supply system. Mm. And so they went, oh, well, let's off-planet this to stop our atmosphere. But they did it a bit too late. Yeah. And as a result, uh, it was harvesting power in some fashion. Yes. And then they decided to turn to a, a living station. So off they went.
1: And this mission was known as Exodus. And they were heading into this power station which was called Io.
0: Yeah, see, this is a funny thing. We watched a couple of Chinese films and this one clearly a Western film, like an American yeah. film, because Exodus being one of the books of the Bible, Bible. where the yeah. uh, Hebrew people all up and leave and wander about for a long time. And,
1: and the other thing is in this film, like, it's not the... In the Chinese films, everyone works together. Yes. <laughs> Again, it's, this it's is kind of big... a bit more like a few of us will stay to try to solve the oxygen problem if we can, but the rest of us are like, screw you, we're out of here. Whereas the Chinese version would be like, no, we stay and we fix the planet, you know? <laughs> some of you will move on and some of you will stay, and we're happy about that.
0: And they're talking evil scientist voices the, for the some whole wave through the movie. Okay. Yeah, so we, we start off with Sam. We don't know her name at this point, but there's a, a young woman, and she is. She had some walking.
1: nice skinny jeans. She's, Sorry. Yeah. You're I like them. I like the skinny jeans. Got to keep good. the
0: skinny jeans going here. There's a fashion in the future as well. And she's walking around in an underground place where there's a lot of water dropping down and she's seems so, to be scavenging some parts. Pretty
1: hardcore industrial. Yeah, yeah, and then she
0: stops and sees a, a puddle. Yep. And she gets down and has a look and there's little, little wrigglers in there like maybe mosquito larvae and a black mold. So she takes a bit of a sample. She starts a, a voice log, which... Nice enough, the computer tells us, beginning voice recording now. And then she says, begin voice log. <laughs> yeah. And you go, well, okay, We're pretty convinced the log has started. Yeah. and so, so Alexia she, is working. Yeah. Hey, Google, start <laughs> hey, Google. With voice log. That would have been
1: better, wouldn't it? <laughs> like, hey, Google. And she takes
0: uh, a sample and a, um, a pH test and she her log indicates that she thinks that they're converting ammonia into oxygen.
1: I thought you would have liked that. She did it. She did it. She did do it very scientific the way I look at science because she took yeah. two samples, you know, yeah. and she explained why she, she was took taking the, two the soil samples yeah. and the And she said the second one is to prove the first. And I was like, oh, okay,
0: yep, that's how science works. Sorry. Yeah, ammonia a being converted to oxygen is. Oh, what was I? I was reading not long ago. That would be a
1: key factor, wouldn't it? I only know a little bit, but So, ammonia is just right.
0: nitrogen oxygen, um, and.
1: Look, it sounded very logical to me. Sounded like real science.
0: And so she wants to, and she stops by and sees she's underneath, or for some reason there's a a poster for the
1: The museum of art. Museum of art,
0: yeah. And she reads a little quote, which is from uh, Leader and the Swan. Leader and the Swan.
1: Yeah, Uh, I can't
0: remember the exact quote. but Yeah, Agamemnon lies dead is how it ends. Okay. Yeah, so. I'll go with that. If you're a, you know, a, a Greek mythology buff, yeah, or just yeah, into
1: actually. that particular story. Go yeah, for yeah. So,
0: so that she, she basically gets a little beep, she's got to swap her oxygen canister over, she has to run back to get the new oxygen canister, and she manages that. She's got a little ATV, and we see the skyline, the city she's in. I, I, I can't really tell what city it is, no, it's but a bit it's a, indistinct there,
1: yeah, it is, but it's a cool city, as in. You know, crumbling buildings, overgrowth everywhere. Yeah, there's this vine, um, like an ivy, like yeah. vine on everything. On everything, yeah. And she
0: even makes a comment that the plants, that the leaves are changing colour. They are, yeah. Uh, and so they're. they're and sort of kind of she
1: does. There's a moment that which is quite nice, like she sort of takes in the city, kind of like a big wide shot of the city, and you sort of you do get to see that, you know. And it's kind of pretty in a way, you know, even though she's got the mask on and. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of fog and stuff, but there's a there's a prettiness to it. Yes, a certain yeah. elegance. dilapidated
0: yes. elegance, I think they'd call and it. And she's
1: riding a little quad bike. That was cool to see.
0: Yeah, she shoots up and we find out that not all of Earth is covered by this fog because uh, she breaks up through the cloud layer up onto uh, highlands, sort of yeah. so some sort of tabletop area. Yep. And which, even on the
1: road, it's it says clean.
0: yeah. The thing that got me, and I, I haven't looked up to see where this was filmed, but that terrain, that scenery up there looks so much like the hills around Canberra. Yeah, right. Here in Australia. Like that might have been
1: filmed in Canberra.
0: Low <laughs> brown scrub with you know, bits of granite outcroppings. Yeah. Um, except for the hills going off into the distance, which could have been CGI'd in. Yeah, well, I think
1: the, the city and the fog looked like it was. CGI'd
0: in. I'm going to take a stab and say it was actually filmed in California. Yeah. But it looks a lot like where I grew up. In Canberra,
1: so when she gets back, she decontaminates the good old-fashioned way, which is like through like you know stand-through hose thing. Um, She cleans up, and she um, oh yeah, she sends this information about the the kind of the information she's gathered on her field trip about the mosquitoes or the insects to the colony. So she like types an email. And so she sends that off to the colony and it's sort of like exciting news that she's found insects that maybe are breeding in this environment, that there's some sort of evolution happening. Um, And then she goes about experimenting and she tests a bee and she kind of apologises to the bee, which is kind of, you know, save the cat, isn't it? You know, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to kill a bee. Um, And she puts it in, she tests it and, of course, it dies and she's, puts big fail into her notebook. Um, She's very scientific about everything she's doing the whole time. So it's telling us a lot about Sam, the character that she's a scientist Um, and that she's, you know, she's disappointed that the bee has died Um, and that um, she receives then a message back from IO and they're telling her this message and the guy's name is Eon. Or Elon. Elon, Elon, sorry, Elon, like Elon Musk.
0: Yeah, but this guy's name is Elon Sum.
1: <laughs> I don't think we know his last name. He's an engineer, so maybe. Yeah, But uh, it might just be a little homage to Elon. Um, but he's telling her that that they're exploring further in space than they've ever had and that the council have kind of got a, a plan to kind of go somewhere else and that they, they basically give up on Earth because Earth will actually, um, the toxicity will take over everywhere. Yeah. That's what he's telling her.
0: It's the end of that story.
1: Yeah. So, you know, but they've obviously got some sort of relationship going on.
0: Yeah. And she doesn't jump up now with that idea. No, no. Uh, so she
1: tests herself. This is where we sort of see uh, her first testing her belly, and she's got all these scars. Um, she kind of burns herself a little bit. Um, and she collects fresh fruit from her little garden and vegetables and that sort of stuff. She plays classical music and kind of looks through the telescope. That
0: gave me a real 2001 feel. Like it did, of, didn't it? It wasn't uh, sort of like a waltz. And then no. you see the space station there in the, the quiet depths of space. Yep. So that, that gave me that sort of and feeling. And we, we get
1: to see what she sees, and we see Jupiter, we see the moon and then we sort of see this little shiny metal thing, just really tiny, like an mm. ant, but you can tell that that's the IO station.
0: Yeah. It must so be pretty big though.
1: It must be massive, yeah. And there yeah. is a comment about that a bit later, isn't there, in the film that, well, it is actually quite big.
0: Yeah, it's it's so bright, it, it outshines the moon. That's yeah. why it looks like it's orbiting Jupiter and not the moon.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, then the next day she wakes up and there's a message that the station um, sent, the IO station has sent her um, that in fact the council have overnight decided to reconfigure everything. They're sending all energy to a mission to this new planet. You mentioned it before.
0: Yeah, uh, Proxima Centauri.
1: They believe it's better than Earth. It's going to be very suitable. It's going to take 10 years,
0: which is impressive because it's about 4.2 or point for something like that light. Yeah, so
1: how fast are they travelling? So they're
0: going half the speed of light, really. I guess.
1: but And they've talked about that they've mined this moon of Jupiter, whatever Mm. that means. Um,
0: They've sucked enough energy out of it. Yeah,
1: something like that. They've gotten some special moon juice from Jupiter. Moon juice, yeah. And they've been been sucking that moon juice a bit too long. They think they're going to get there in 10 years.
0: Go to shop.gravityundone.net to buy your moon juice. Your
1: moon juice, yeah, yeah. Okay. Can we sell that? Can we legally sell that?
0: I can sell a a T-shirt with it written moon juice. (laughs) Moon
1: juice, yeah, that's right. So buy your moon juice right now. Um, And they're going to go there and that there's the Exodus mission will mean that. And this was a nice moment for me because it was like, ah, you know, she's got a deadline. It was like literally like if you don't go to the space station, uh, Exodus, it's the last shuttles. They're going to evacuate people from Earth, you know. So it was kind of a nice, like, deadline, I thought. Um, and then she, and it was a bit, I had to laugh at this. Sorry. I don't know if you know. Cause after that, she rushes and you're thinking, like, where's she rushing to? And she rushes to the library.
0: Okay, yep. To the library. Like,
1: oh, you've just been told that you've got like three, three or four days left on earth and you're going to rush to the library. Um, it made more sense once she was there because she had to get a computer screen. But uh, I was kind of, I had to chuckle at that because she's like, you know, she rushes there, And when she's there, she sees um, some big flashes of light and it's a massive thunderstorm. She picks up her book, her art book. She does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm jumping over a couple of the details. But yeah, the the Exodus book and the mythology book. Yeah. She picks them up. Um, And there's flashes of light suddenly in the sky and she looks out, she races back and there's a massive thunderstorm rolling in. And um, she kind of gets back to her home base and her lab gets destroyed. Um, it gets ripped apart. Um, the air's not good quality. She's yeah. got to kind of like gaffer tape it all up. She's got
0: a flame going there. It's burning purple. Purple, which
1: is so yeah.
0: What they used to indicate. As, as a nice touch, I think, giving us good little. That was graphic. a good visual graphic, yeah. That, yeah, like the flame has turned purple and. And they do a couple of times in this movie. Yeah, they do. They, they keep lighting. Light and it and the yeah. sea goes purple or uh, it yellow. It is purple, as, yeah. As happens shortly after this. Yeah. Where she's kind of wandering about and she te- checks her, her windmills all messed up and the beehives panels. are all knocked over. Yeah, she's and, not
1: happy about the beehives. Is she?
0: And her plants are looking a little bit bedraggled. And her lab is... just Yeah, it's just all over the shop. And she... She's wandering out at that point onto the hills, I think, and she's sort of looking a bit like what on earth is she going to do? Oh, she even writes a little letter she writes to her back friend and says, yeah. you know, uh, Storm came through and trashed a whole heap of shit. She doesn't Damn. have enough oxygen. Yeah, it, I can't carry enough oxygen on the ATVs to get there. And that's where she leaves it and she wanders out. And you sort of think, okay, this is, you know, what what on earth is she going to do?
1: So at this point in the story, she has... The, they're gonna. It, she's got three or four days to leave Earth, but she doesn't have enough oxygen to get to the launch site.
0: Yeah, and she's she's looking like she's a bit lost. And then, magically, like uh, Mary Poppins falling from the sky, a helium balloon. He's an Avenger. Just comes rolling on in, <laughs> and sort of groaning and yep. creaking and in. I,
1: I was actually thinking, like, is it a ghost thing? You know what I mean? Like, is no one on it? Yeah. That, you know, like, I just thought, that's is this thing cool. going to like crash and that's how she's going to get to the launch side? You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, because it's the end of the world sort of story. So it's like, is, is there like just like a hot area, hot helium balloon floating around, you know? A
0: room temperature helium balloon. No, yeah. Whatever it no, is. No. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine it'd be hot. Sorry.
0: Probably as hot as helium hot, is, hot as that's helium a, that's a Isn't phrase that hot? people use hot as helium <laughs> hot as helium oh he's looking hot as helium it cra- it's a, well he so was he, an avenger it lands down <laughs> the door opens and out pops, out pops an pops avenger an avenger <laughs> Micah uh, with his mask and he sort of staggers a bit and takes it. An you see career. he's sort of um, huffing a bit on his mask and he, he he's not an his, avenger so he has to like light. lights his cigarette yeah. lighter and goes uh, and pulls his mask off yeah <laughs> And yes, she's sort of been saved.
1: And she gives him; uh, she's a bit testy with him, isn't she? She's a bit like standoffish.
0: Yeah, he's he's a bit gruff. Too. He's
1: a bit he's a bit rough too. Yeah, and I guess like the point because as the film progressed from here, you do sort of it is revealed more and more how long maybe she's been on her own. So it made a bit more sense. But she was very standoffish.
0: We also you? find out later on that this guy's plan had been to come probably come in to and kill him. her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Or confront him. Confront him. I think yeah. I don't think he was actually going to kill him, but he was yeah. kind of, he was going to be a bit growly at him.
1: And that's what he stipulates: like he's here to see Doctor Walden, and um, she kind of says, "Oh, he's, he's away for a couple of days. He's off on one of his crazy adventures, and he'll be back." But you get the feeling that neither of them telling each other the truth, and that's what we mean by that standoffish yeah. kind of thing.
0: But she, um, she takes him in.
1: She takes him in um, once she realises that he's a bit more genuine and he says he wants to take him to the launch pad um, and he offer, she offers fresh vegetables and he eats them like a beast.
0: With honey on them.
1: With honey. Why wouldn't you? If it was that's the end bit, of the world, I would.
0: It's a bit weird, but okay, he seemed to enjoy it.
1: But she says it would make him taste better, and I thought, you know, fuck yeah, it would make him taste better. Sugar on vegetables. <laughs> It's like salt. I mean, like honestly, like you know, everything tastes a bit better with salt on it, doesn't it? I mean, honestly, come. I've
0: I've not really tried. Yeah, come on. My lettuce with. honey We're all trying to be
1: healthy because you know, but it was the end of the world. You'd screw that. You'd put honey on everything. I
0: think the atmosphere would be making you unhealthy enough that you might as well.
1: And if you honestly like, he's like, you've got fresh vegetables. Like maybe this guy has been eating dried, packed, you know, long-lasting food for eight years. It's like you've got a fresh capsicum, you know.
0: Yeah, it would taste like magic, wouldn't it? It would
1: taste like magic, especially if you added honey to it. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't think you would need to add the honey, but anyway, we need to add the honey now. Yeah. Um, so, and he keeps kind of questioning her over the doctor's whereabouts, and eventually she um, reveals the truth.
0: Well, it takes you a while because, first of all, uh, he's reading the, the Exodus book. That's and right. is for June, so he goes, oh, that's that She must- starts flirting a bit with him, doesn't she? And then. She puts on the tape of Doctor Waldron. Yeah, the recording broadcast out. You know, like, yeah. and he says, "Oh, that's just a recording." She says, "Yes, I do that while he's away." He says, "So he's been away for at least two days now," and she's like, uh, "Yes, yes. <laughs> he'll probably be back tomorrow." Sure,
1: yeah, two days, or <laughs> well, like two years, but okay.
0: Yeah, and then he's uh and and then yeah, he confronts her about. His mum, June. That's right. And says, you know, what did you do to her? And there's nothing. And they make peace and, and as he's going to sleep, I'm pretty sure it's around this time. Yeah. He says yeah. she says, Dad, uh that's what Dad would have said or something. Yeah. And so that's that's when he's, like he he realizes, okay, he's actually dead.
1: Yeah, it, there's that video, isn't there? Remember there's a video that she's playing and then at the end of the video oh, yeah. it like crosses to the last recording of her father on a TV show kind of saying some of us will stay and he goes, yeah,
0: like like he's admitting that
1: he stayed. He yeah. was one of those people that stayed.
0: Yeah, and uh, then he tells us the sad story about his wife dying.
1: Yeah, he, do, he does that a bit later.
0: Oh, does he? Yeah, he does. Oh, no, we're jumping forward.
1: Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, because then so he's admitted that he's asking her about the the mother um, and that, you know, like Dr. Walden killing the mother and she doesn't agree with that. Um, and he bursts into Dr. Walden's office yeah. and it's all dusty and cobwebby and he's like, what the bloody hell has been going on her? And there's a nice scene after that. I, I really liked this, that it, like cuts from him doing that and being quite confused. In his office, too. Then she's in the lab, and it's kind of like earlier in the film, so it's that time thing that we were talking about separately. Yeah. You know, like, and and she's talking to him, and he doesn't look well. The father, yeah. and he's kind of like, "Why are you protecting yourself? Like, there's nothing that I can do to, you know, to say like, give up on everything, leave." Yeah,
0: this is a, a, a lost cause. Lost cause.
1: I would have solved it, which I thought was pretty arrogant. You know? yes, yeah. <laughs> like, if maybe, it could
0: have been solved, I would have. I would have it. already
1: solved it. I'm thinking. Well, maybe she knows, or something that you don't know, but anyway, and then he's like, and that right at the end, he goes, Yeah, because I'm dead, you know. So it's like she's talking to a ghost, yeah. you know, like she's not, he's why, not why don't there. you have your, your oxygen? In yeah, because yeah. I'm dead. So I really I, I like that scene, actually. That was a kind of a bit of a standout moment because it just cuts from that as well. Um, and when it comes back, that's when she tells him that her father actually did die, yeah, and she buried him next to um, her mother. And um, etc. And he says, "Well, Micah says oh, well, I'm going to take you to Exodus. I'm going to get you there.
0: Yeah, whether you like it or not.
1: Yeah, which is kind of a good like. It was right on the midpoint of the movie, you know. So it's a good sort of like tonal switch.
0: Almost. I, I actually checked that. because yeah. I, I think this, it so was halfway. The storm right. came through pretty much at 15 minutes. Yeah. And then he turned up in his uh, his little uh, gondola. funny games,
1: kind of bit. Yeah.
0: Uh, a couple of minutes after that, signalling the beginning of Act Two. Yep. Yeah, so in this this bit here where the, the story goes, okay, they've reached sort of the peak of their relationship together yeah, here. Yeah, being
1: standoffish.
0: And then it swaps to being, okay, now we've got this goal, we've got yeah, to go. Yeah, we're a team now. Yeah.
1: Um, And he, he, you know, so there's sort of, she's a bit more depressed now. So that's like a good midpoint. She's changed more depressed. Yeah. He's a little bit more like, well, this is our plan of action. We're going to get to X. As soon as the wind kicks up. The right direction, we're off.
0: Yeah, I, I think is the thing is that he he now has someone he can save. He couldn't yeah. save his wife, but now he can save. And his plan
1: snapped. wasn't to come here to save someone, it was to probably come here and kill someone. But he's discovered, oh, well, the person that came here to kill is dead, and in fact, there's a young girl here that needs saving. You know, that's worth saving. You know. Yeah. Um, and he finds the queen bee actually, and she was stuck. Yeah, well, yeah in while the they're thing. packing. To yeah, leave, while so. they're packing to leave. Um, but, and he, he says a good line, which is like, oh, what does this, you know, what does this mean? And she goes, it
0: means nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was a bit curious about that. I thought, oh, I thought that was going to be a. Yeah, I did too. A, oh, this means it could work. But it, no, it's like.
1: She'd given up by now. Yeah, she said, like, it means nothing. It was a good sort of, to me, that was a good, I think it actually probably did mean something, but it like in the context of the film, but like at the same time, it was a good kind of moment of like, she'd given up.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's
1: like, nah. Nah, I've given up. Let's and so they've
0: got to find some helium. They didn't have enough helium for the <coughs> balloon because the launch uh, site had changed. That's uh, a little bit uh, later. Jumping I'm jumping ahead of the, the sleeping games, yeah? <laughs> you are. Okay.
1: So she gets a message from Elon Musk. Elon.
0: <laughs> Good
1: old Muskie sends her another email, and he's saying that have you he's... Seen my Tesla?
0: It seems to have come off out of orbit.
1: He's been selected, which is no surprise if he's old musky.
0: Yeah. He's
1: been selected to go to the new planet. <laughs> musky. <laughs> <laughs> right. So old musky's been selected and he can't like, and it's also like, isn't that funny? Isn't that a little bit of a homage to the 1990s chat rooms? Like, hey, baby, you're hot. Yeah, baby, you're hot. Let's meet up. Yeah, sure. Let's meet up. Hey, I can actually meet you at the shopping center. Uh, I can't. I'm going on a... Time-travelling expedition.
0: <laughs> do you I don't want her to meet me. Do you think maybe he was catfishing her?
1: Yeah, I think he was catfishing her. He's in fact married on the space station and he's actually like an 80-year-old guy. You know? like he's
0: not even a guy. He's actually he's, a lesbian. Yeah. Who, who was coming out of a bad relationship and so she thought she would pretend to be a guy well, looking for a heterosexual relationship but then found a way out by saying that she was going to... Very true, Sorry. Yeah, I
1: O. But it might not even be that deep. They just thought she'd never leave Earth and catch us. Oh God, you're coming here? No, 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 no. No, we're all leaving. We're all leaving to a new magical planet. Only ten years away.
0: Yeah, we'll 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 make it. By the time you get here, we
1: will be gone. (laughs) And you will never catch us. It seemed a bit like you know suspicious that way. But he breaks her heart through that message. She has a big tear over it. And um, she really, like, there's a moment there I felt like that she has a tear over it, she's upset, she's heartbroken, and then she looks at Micah like, you're going to be my rebound guy.
0: Yeah, it's... Like, there was a moment there, like, this is like, I'm going to screw your way? bones. Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, is, I don't know either. Is that a real thing? The, write in and tell us if that's a real thing, like... If you're, you're female, <laughs> tell us. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> you, know the, you get your heart broken, then immediately you go and... Go have a shower in front of someone and then, like... Yeah, that was a bit weird, that them.
1: scene, eh? Hey? I, I felt that scene a little bit yeah, odd.
0: because I'd, I'd be scratching my head over that one. I'm like... like? In fact, <laughs> I'd be sort of saying, given that we're going to have to share a balloon for a few days to a site <laughs> and God knows how many months on board a rocket ship after... I'm not sure we should accelerate this relationship no. until we know each other a bit better. Yeah, yeah, I think we do. This isn't like a night out at a nightclub where you can have one night stand and then... If never like see them, each other you again. You can catch up in a few more days, or never see each other again. It's sort of like you're going to be together now, enforced for a while.
1: Yeah, but anyway. Um, so she is heartbroken. She sets off. she sou- She showers in front of him, which was really awkward. Because look, I've got to say, uh, like it also felt like she was young. Like, I I don't know. She like had in, to have been. Like. Like, yeah. I think she was over 18, but I mean, at the same time, like the casting, she's, she's, it felt she was really young. The problem like, I had. I, I with struggled that was with that.
0: Like, he was around before it was too yeah. toxic. So, and she, then she was, was born, born after, after it was toxic. So we've got
1: this situation where. And she
0: must be, let's call her 18. Yeah. Let's say, and he was going to be a teacher. So he would have been. Let's say he he wasn't an action teacher that he would have been in school or something. He'd be thirty. Like
1: well, let's say he's twenty when it happens. She's eighteen now. That well, it makes him like forty, right?
0: Well, yeah, I think I think he could be anywhere between thirty and forty, depending on whether he was. It could have been a twelve like year old. Well, I was I was leaning more towards the, forty, but, but like he, the, yeah, they work so, off the numbers.
1: And so she's eighteen, he's forty.
0: Yeah, it's like, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm in my forties. If some eighteen year old girl was sort of flirting with me, I'd be like, no, that's just that's. First of then, all, first yeah. of all, like this, yeah. That, yeah, that's too yeah. weird. That's,
1: it started to, you know, hey, and I'm into, I'm into it all. I'm open, I'm open-minded. Sorry, I am open-minded, but it we, just we, felt we have a to remember little that bit.
0: It's quite a possible
1: awkward. There was yeah, awkwardness.
0: here. Yeah, it was. It was a desperate end of world situation. Maybe, yeah. and, it, and that happens. And he that did. Happens. He did say, "No, I can't," but he did anyway. Yeah,
1: <laughs> which is pretty much what every guy would probably oh, do. Well, I think well, she said. We have to. We have to. <laughs> okay. Well, you have twisted I my. I guess arm. you're right. We do have to. She, and and it was like it's in the script for God's sake. Oh, okay. I will. I will say she, the way they did, well, the way it was shown, she kind of, she does flirt a bit with him. She then showers in front of him, and the whole time he does nothing. So yeah. I guess if you put it in that kind of concept, like he he didn't instigate anything, and then. She does start kissing him, and he actually doesn't ki- even kiss her back. Because no, I was I... watching that closely, I was like, "What's you know, like this is a bit weird that what's going on." And I, mean, I think emotionally, when you take it like that as a char- as two characters, he really like there was like she literally like started making out with his mouth, and he was not giving her anything. And it's, it's... like, it's like so she was really forcing herself on it, her. and then she does like he goes, "I I can't do this, I can't do this," and she goes, "But we have to." And then they make out together, you know? Like yeah. So there was there was a bit of hesitation there from him. So It wasn't like he was just going in guns a blazing. Yeah. So I don't know what that, that means.
0: That would have been super creepy. <laughs> he turns up in his, his balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your he dad? He's not here. Okay. Yeah, all <laughs> so, right. Well, hold I was going to
1: kill him, but now I can make love to you.
0: <laughs> hold on there, cowboy. How's but like...
1: now you and I can go up in my balloon. Yeah, so
0: anyway. That's, anyway, so she
1: forces, she rapes him. Let's say that. <laughs> Just to be delicate. Just to be delicate. She really goes for it. And, um, yeah, to get back at old Muskie, really. Yeah, probably. (laughs)
0: Elon's up there just, like, wishing that he had one more email from her or something, and she doesn't.
1: She doesn't. And um, she then, after that, sends good old Muskie a good email saying, I'm happy for you. Live your life. Did she? Yeah. I thought she didn't respond to him. No, she does. She, oh, sends, okay, she well. sends one off because she's had the time of her life now and realised that, well, the long-distance email thing wasn't doing her no, loins that, any good. I don't know that
0: the whole long-distance thing is going to work. Either. No.
1: Let us know if it does work if you're out there because I don't think it would work. It wouldn't work for me. So they they that's when they learn that the launch pad, I think Micah learns that the launch pad has been shifted. And you gave us this spoiler a moment ago that they then... He knows, well, we don't have freaking enough of this hot heli- helium. Hot. <laughs> hot as helium, man. If we had cold helium, we'd be all right, but we don't have enough hot helium. And uh, we've got to take off and we've got to get more helium. It's the end of the world, you know, like, oh, God, we're stuck here, but maybe.
0: Luckily, Sam knows where there's helium. She knows where there's it's helium. further into which, the zone than she's ever been and longer.
1: Which makes sense. I mean, honestly, if it's the end of the world, I mean, there would be helium...
0: Yeah, well, well, as it I'm, turns out, they, they it's basically... It's like a amusement park. Yeah, they drag this stuff down to an amusement park. Yeah. And uh, there's like a whole bunch of healing for the balloons, I guess. But she wants to go to the museum.
1: Yeah. And anyway, in this, he tells her that really, the, the he tells her now, like, why he came, that her he feels her father forced people to stay. Mm-hmm. And he was included in that. And his wife... And her father's the reason lots of people actually died. Yeah. And it's so it's cold truth here about her father. Um, and he tells us the story that his wife got sick and he then sort of squirreled away some food to keep himself going and kind of deliberately not gave it to his wife. Whoops. But he, he did that because so, he knew she was dying anyway and then he could survive a little bit more and then she died. And so, but then the guilt of that made him want to come after Dr. Walden and kind of go, you, you have caused all of us to die. Um, And that then she, Sam, him kind of getting to meet her and learn about her, has realised, no, hang on, I can save you. And I can kind of make it okay that I let my wife die. Whoops.
0: So he gives her an hour to go to the museum. Yeah. Go have your fun. And... You get a feeling at this stage he's he's not entirely sure she's coming back. Yeah, because he sets yep. his oxygen alarm a little bit early. Yep, and it starts beeping. He changes his oxygen and then goes to the museum, knowing that hers will run out shortly. And, and she's there looking at the leader and the swan painting, having walked through, looking at the the various nude statues and whatnot. Yeah, all the Yes, yep. and then she asks him, you know, what's what's this story mean, and he. He explains about uh, Leda being the mother of Helen of Troy and the swan is Zeus, uh, who took her away and, and, you know, as the Greek gods did, knocked her up. And, you know, how uh, Paris stole Helen and there was a big fight and the towers fell down and King Agamemnon lay dead. And uh, Leda was kind of left alone.
1: And she gave. I think I wrote down that she gave back to the Greek children, or gave, like kind of gave gave birth. Is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, swans have that effect on me as well. Yeah, they do.
1: <laughs> gotta watch out, swans around you. <laughs>
0: Look at me in the right way, and I give birth <laughs> to Greek children. Ooh-ee, somehow, there they come, little
1: Surries. Pop, if there's pop, any pop, scientists pop. out there who want to explain to us <laughs> how
0: a swan could could allow someone to give birth to Greek children. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't know. I think that's even less likely than a human evolving in one generation. It's a very I mean, anom- anomaly isn't it? <laughs> we'll go with it. He's a god. Zeus is a god. He can do these things.
1: Um, and anyway, she decides that she's going to stay even if it uh, well, dying. she
0: just, because it's it a bit of a surprise to me. She ripped the old mask off. Yep. And I thought, oh, she's going suicide.
1: And he grabs her but- and she's like, well, this is what I want to do. I'm going to risk.
0: But, but she yeah. doesn't fall on the ground gasping right. or anything. And in fact, we see sort of flashbacks to the um, Lucy the pig. Yep, who was hanging around. Uh, got the strange feeling because that, that was another one of those funny things. Is like uh, Lucy, oh gave us all hope. Yeah, and he said, "What happened to Lucy?" And there's just kind of like a bit of a weird silence. Like, oh, well, she, she died. died
1: later, like later in life.
0: Yeah, um,
1: but why didn't they do more Lucy?
0: Would, well, see, maybe they did with her. That's yeah. that's what I mean. There, there's a couple of hints in here because she talks about eugenics with the bees yeah. to try and make them um, survive. And she talks about Lucy the pig gave them hope. And then there's sort of this hint about something with her mother. Yeah. So there's kind of a few hints in there that, yeah, maybe she was, you know, and she'd been little little micro dots of, Toxins on her skin. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we end up then with Micah in his balloon floating away. Yeah. Uh, r- getting his email or a letter. Was it written or was it an email? I can't remember. Because it was just a voice voiceover. Her it was a, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to assume that he, got, he was on the ship. And, yeah, uh, I think so. Take getting him. his email because that's how she seemed to communicate. Yeah. And she's down on the beach because she'd had this dream on the beach. She didn't have a mask on. And she's saying how tell the people the world is beautiful and it will be here for them when they return. And her son runs along. Yeah. It's it's a little bit sad because he's got a bit of a grim future.
1: Yeah, he does. Unless,
0: unless the people from IO actually do turn around and come back. Yeah. Which I I know I'm going to guess they must, because otherwise she's just condemned this poor boy to a very lonely existence when she inevitably dies of old age and he spends his entire life by himself in a, Animalless, toxic cloud.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a little bit, bit of sweet that the boys yeah, are in the way. It's not
0: as romantic an ending as perhaps should like, but you know, no. I'm going to go ahead and believe that they've come back from Io. Maybe they'd just send like a, you know, a search party. You know, it'd be and worth and them seeing someone because if yeah. if she still continues to send emails up there, saying, yeah. oh yeah, like I'm breathing the atmosphere and I've and had Micah, a and-, and Micah corroborates and says. Yes, she took her mask off. We are in the museum. Like, but really- but that
1: would suggest that she's evolved to be like that, whereas everyone on the station would not be.
0: But it would be possible, though, to make more people like that. Yes. So the people on the station, their children, would have the opportunity of living back on Earth. Yeah. And uh, there's also the thing about the whole once again... get. But them- they
1: wouldn't. They wouldn't have her evolutionary. They'd, they'd have to breed that, wouldn't they?
0: Yeah. That's what it means like yeah. The, the people, the generation that's on on the IO space station, they wouldn't be able to be on it. No. But their children would have the opportunity because they'd yeah. be able to have children that, that yeah. could. And there was sort of a um, thing about the bees, like they wanted to get the bees going because if they could get some bees that are immune to the toxins, then the flowering plants yeah, would, start would start springing up again. And uh, and then there was a, the comment there inside in sort of some time span the toxins would be cleared yeah. as the plants absorb them, I guess. That's right. As plants are want to do, I suppose. Yeah. Well, that's what plants do, don't they? Yeah. So there you go. That's. That is the
1: plot. Yeah, the end. Mika is. She's on the beach with her son.
0: Yeah. With a dead ocean <laughs> and some that's, mosquitoes. That's
1: right. That's a good start. It's not bad. Yeah. It's where we're heading. So, this film was directed by Jonathan Helpert and written by Kay Jester, Jetta, sorry, not Jester, Charles Spagno, and Will Basanto. All of them have written stuff previously, um, and Jonathan has also directed a few short films and also a feature film. Sam is played by Margaret. Ole and Maka is played by Anthony Maka, as we said, joked about being one of the Avengers. Um, it was filmed in the United States and um, and released in early 2019 through Netflix. So it is a Netflix, uh, ex, uh, you know, uh, specific film. What was your first impression? Sorry.
0: it's quite a, a very slow paced, somewhat downbeat sort of movie. Yeah. Yeah, the Earth was dying. uh, The bees kept failing. Uh, As far as we knew, these weren't the last two people on Earth, but there weren't a lot more. Yeah. They obviously had enough to warrant some escape shuttles. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it it had that. I was looking for either a, a stronger sense of tragedy Uh, You know, disaster, I should say, rather than... Because it it sort of had that tragic feeling at the end rather than a disaster. And it didn't have that hopeful ray of light. Although I had to take heart in the fact that they were flying off to this new planet. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. They get to fuck that one up too. (laughs) Brand new. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. so having said that, I quite like the imagery used. The, The city was just was just really intriguing and interesting. Yeah, the city was really... The vines that covered everything, the the houses were just coated in them, yeah. and there was collapse, uh, which yeah, I guess that, that indicated some years had gone past, but there must have also been dangerous storms or um, acid rain or yeah. something corrosive to have caused these things, unless there were wars yeah. caused by the pollution. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was a very interesting um, sort of a... Setting that they they had it all in, you could yeah. almost imagine there'd be a, like a TV series. Could be set yeah, in, yeah. in there; it'd be quite good. Uh, Anthony and Margaret, I think they both did quite good qual- jobs acting. I liked Margaret was a little bit um, uh, inexpressive, yeah, which I quite liked. In yeah, she was pretty cold because it, it didn't it didn't come across as wooden acting. It came across as that she was. That's you know she was isolated, socially awkward, um, a scientist's daughter raised up there on that uh, observatory hill. Yeah, largely only communicating with Elon by email. I don't even know when she would have met Elon in person.
1: And also, like you imagine, it's been done maybe in other stories in that like you know some the cabin in the woods, like someone you know, the survivalist, the person that goes off the grid, you know, and mm. that I have seen a couple and read a couple of stories about that and, again, as humans, you know, if you isolate yourself, you know, and this film talked about, didn't it, Michael talked about that Plato idea of that humans were once whole and then they got separated in two mm. and so they're always sort of searching for someone and, else. And
0: love is that, that feeling of yeah. looking for your yeah, other and, half. Yeah, and
1: fulfilling that other half, you know, that you're always missing, so... I think she did quite well in that idea of someone that's probably been isolated for some period of time.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and Anthony, he, he held his own there. He yeah, did, yeah. He did quite well. He was um, standoffish at first, and then he started to get that bit of, you know, protective fervor. He he wanted, it was important to him, to his um, sanity, really, yeah. that he save her, uh, I guess, in exchange for his wife dying. Sort of what Whatever. But as it turns out, he kinda didn't save her, but yeah. but he he left her there. I, I gotta say, yeah. I mean if if she took a mask off and she's breathing okay. You wonder if he did try it too. He went, Oh. Is it not as dangerous? Would <laughs> that back on, No. Okay, I, I, I think I'm gonna have to go because <laughs> there's no future for me here. Like the total
1: recall thing, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 put it back on. <laughs> yeah, so so that's that's the way that goes. I um, I really like. Yes, I like the imagery of the cities and so forth. I like the use of the flame. Yeah, the flame was a cool. Visual, it wasn't was. It was a great way. They didn't. Have, it was a low tech, obvious thing, you know. And she just yeah. had like a flame at all times burning. Yeah, she did. Didn't heart. she? Yeah. So that makes sense. That's just like there's an air quality measure right there. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. brilliant. Yes. That was a very clever idea.
1: Yeah, I think so. It was a good visual telling, as you said before. Like, yeah, when he hopped out of the hot air balloon, he did it. Um, later in the film, when they're in the city, they do it. You know, like um, she does it as well. Like in the right at the start in that industrial warehouse. In like, the
0: video with Lucy the pig. Yeah, they do he, it. He like, does it to sort yeah. of show that. So it's it is very toxic.
1: symbolic of like showing us what the air quality is at that time. So what about the ladder? For me, this is going to come in at kind of like the probably the first rung of my ladder. Again, we're not sort of doing this completely as you know best to worst or anything like that. But I think on just all the features, it probably sits on that on that very first one um, one of the main reasons for me and I'll talk a bit that about that with good and bad scenes but I just feel that some of those visuals were not quite shown So the flame is a really good example where they visually showed us the story yeah but the e- the emailing good old Elon Musk you know up in the planet I just feel like that could have been more visual. it kind of felt like it was setting me up that there was maybe a twist in the story that never happened. So I just felt like, okay, she's emailing this young guy and they're in love and they're having a long-distance relationship. Why isn't that visually shown? I
0: I also, like you, I was expecting there to be some sort of twist out of that or some sort of relevance, but it turns out it was just kind of um, maybe it was...
1: It was just literally an email correspondence.
0: It's just an email saying, yeah, sorry, babe, I'm off to another planet. Yeah. And that... Made her have sex, which meant she had a child, yeah, I guess, which is the way of things in movies, yeah, 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 sex oh, one time abstract. and you instantly have a child, of course. And the birth went without complication,
1: yep, on her own,
0: yeah, <laughs> like, don't worry about that. But yeah, I, I'm gonna have to put it down it. So, down the, yeah. the first set sort of couple of rungs of mine, ladder here, I've got space between Shanghai Fortress.
1: Yeah, no space between us for me was right at the. Um,
0: I reckon right between no, those two. Right
1: between those two, <laughs> Shanghai for- Fortress is bottoming out for you then.
0: No, no, space between us. Is space bottoming out. between us is the bottom, and, and the reason for that is I think space between us is aimed at the younger teenage demographic. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I spoke with my nephew. I got to get the relationship right. I nearly called him a cousin. He's my ch- my kid's cousin, so my nephew. Yeah. And he is. 14 he watched it at school as right. part of something and he said oh yeah that was okay yeah, so yeah, yeah. sort of interesting it was, a, it was a bit romantic i suppose but and i, I sort of went oh okay now my probably my, says- my thought was correct that it is more aimed at that yeah that sort of age group and we did talk so, about that and shanghai fortress did have some really awesome action sequences yeah, it did. just a, some top-notch special effects yeah, it did. and and choreography there so right there, IO.
1: Goes in between them for you. Oh, yeah, and, for me, it's sitting in the bottom.
0: And if you're confused about where we went with the host, it, it went off uh, distribution from our streaming services. <laughs> and
1: Netflix it doesn't
0: show it anymore. Hit us up, Netflix. What the hell happened?
1: Yes. We demand a copy, Netflix.
0: I guess that was actually written by... Stephanie Meyer, who did Twilight. Ah, right. I found it. Okay. So if Stephanie Meyer wants to just talk to Netflix and get it back on there just for another week... Just for us to review it. We'll be happy to, to yeah, watch it. Yeah, yeah.
1: We up. do a Hope Punk review of it, Stephanie. So hit us up. Send yeah. us a copy. We, I mean, look, all we need is a copy. We don't net, net, we don't yeah. necessarily need Netflix. Send, send, send us a, a link copy. to your own private copy. I'm That's sure right. you get a copy of all your films. So, Surrey, what are you looking into with the science in IO? There's some different fields. as the... Evolution, I can see in there the eugenics. I can also see stuff to do with you know a power station, the moon juice idea. What well, are you going to fixate on with the sign? The science? thing
0: that I found that was interesting was their use of the term eugenics in reference to bees. Right, because that's usually not what you refer to. Normally, you refer to a selective breeding. Eugenics tends to come with it the idea of uh, humans and superior yeah. racial qualities. Which so when she mentioned it with the bee, it sort of that's why I think it was a hint at her uh her own genetic disposition being different. Uh so so if we're talking about selective breeding though versus evolution, they're yeah. actually they're actually the same thing. And she okay. hints at that in the movie as well. She's got the, her little uh equations that she has tattooed to her where she says you basically have um Inputs, chemical inputs, and selective pressures, which is what select... um, What is it called? Natural selection. Yeah. You know, survival of the fittest, and it's often misquoted. The idea isn't... It's got nothing to do with with how physically fit or strong or fast or intelligent uh, something is. It's the survival of the fittest given the environment. So, for example... In the end, we found that Sam could breathe the toxic gas. Yeah. So she was the fittest human to survive there. She probably yeah. couldn't run a marathon or lift weights or fight off an army, but then no one else on earth could breathe the atmosphere. So yeah. she survived, and that means she was able to carry her trait of survival to her child. And that's what this evolution is about. In the natural sense... You're dealing with large populations where, and uh, this is where Darwin, on his voyage on the Beagle, which is his ship, and he landed in Galapagos, and he was, yeah, you know, taking notes about the wildlife and so forth. He's already, um, toying with this idea of evolution. Yeah, that things would would change over time to become something else. But he was struggling with a concept of a mechanism. You know, what would cause that? And, and what's an example of it that you could actually use? And so he's looking at the finches, and he's yeah he's a bit of a naturalist. He likes to do his drawings. And he was drawing these finches, and they had different beak shapes. And the different parts of the island, or, on, or even on separate islands, he discovered that if you have a... They're all finches, but some of them have been separated to an island where they were sufficiently separated from other finches that... The finches that had the hard, stubby beaks were able to crack seeds. So you can imagine if you had all the finches the same, they didn't have hard, little, short, stubby beaks. But maybe just through freak occurrence, um, some of them did have slightly stubbier, harder beaks. They could crack, on average, that population could crack more seeds and eat better, survive longer, and thus be more likely to have children that they bring... To adulthood yeah. as well which would select for this beak and those children there with the better beaks at cracking their nuts and so forth down the line so over generation of generation this initial population which is just all varied would start they would all have the better The people beak. without the better beak, the people the, <laughs> the birds the birds the finches without the better beak wouldn't have as many offspring And their offspring wouldn't be as vigorous. Yeah. Which means those offspring would be less likely to have offspring, whereas the ones with the better adapted beak...
1: Hey, I like the size of your beak.
0: ...would keep going. You and me should hit up. You got more and more (laughs) of them. And so you end up then with this sort of differentiation of species over generations. And this has happened with humans coming from monkeys, birds from dinosaurs, uh, and so forth, where... Uh, you know obviously with humans we grew bigger brains and had uh, differently um, we call it proportioned bodies compared to the apes we came from yep and look where we are now look at us look how far we've come (laughs) and well it put us in the position to selectively breed our own animals so dogs coming from wolves you you look at your Alaskan Timberwolf Well, your Chihuahua versus a Chihuahua (laughs) and like they're both from the same origin, but humans have select, done all sorts of crazy chose shit. The smaller, cuter wolf, and then chose from that that litter of puppy the smallest, cutest one, yeah. down enough generations, and it's a lot quicker than normal evolution because the pressures are not random; they're not they're not uh, natural environmental. Humans are actually causing them.
1: So that's what I meant earlier tonight on this episode about that. You know, that's the thing with dogs. You could see that, okay, if we as humans live, let's say we live 50 years or 60 years, we might be able to go through six or seven dogs yes. in that same lifespan. And so if you if you took us as that hunter-gatherer and you like, this wolf is good, I'll breed it with this other one, it's loyal, it does think, it hunts with us, and then you take the pups from those two, in my lifetime I can like take those pups, grow them up, Breed them, breed them, breed them, breed them six or seven times in my lifetime, suddenly by the time I'm 50 or 60 years old, it's sixth generation of wolf, isn't it? Yeah. Mean, down the I mean, considering the
0: dogs are fertile from like 18 months or 12 That's months. That's right. It and it could be
1: even more than that. But, it, you, yeah, you know,
0: you could easily have gone through 20, 30. 20 generation. or 30, yeah. If yeah, you yeah. were very specifically trying to breed, you yeah, could go yeah. through that. and, and And they certainly do that. My father-in-law breeds Kelpies for uh, sheepdog work. And he specifically chooses, you know, he he has a a litter and there'll be six, eight pups. And he'll work with them and let them out near sheep, see how they behave. The ones that are a little bit too aggressive, a little bit too mental, he'll go, Sell (laughs) them. He'll go, Nope. And they will um,
1: They become little puppies, little cute puppies on Well no, I don't know what happens to them. <coughs> yeah, just
0: Well they they become non competition yes, dogs. You know, yeah. they they they, they still have every, the sheep everyday But then and then he'll get the ones which, for example, largely yeah. ignore the sheep. There's yeah. some that, that they you know, they kind of watch them and like any dog would, but they're not particularly interested. They become household pets. Yeah. You know, he sells them all his pets. But yeah. there will be in every little there'll be one or two that have the right yeah. level of friendliness they're good around humans, like so they don't, you know, nip at the kids yeah. and so forth. But at the same time, they're not afraid of the sheep. And they want a Super dog. Yeah, like. Super. And he's had a couple of them. No training. These things that like, they're just puppies right from the get go. They they're, they're herding know. the sheep over, uh, yeah, around the paddock. Where yeah. And you call them over and they, they herd the sheep.
1: It's, so like, it's a natural behavior. It's, it's behavior. And so yeah.
0: then, actually, then, they become the sires and the, the dams of the next. Breeding set of puppies, and he does this thing again. Yeah, uh, he's not as intensive as someone who is like really working out it. So, yeah, in the past sort of fourteen years that I've I've been exposed to his world, world of kelpies, he's gone yeah. through about four or five litters. So you know, no, yeah. no, it's, yeah, maybe four. I think about right. four litters. So every three years or so, he he has another litter, which which now my kids absolutely love because they. There's a pool, there's a stage puppies. where the puppies they basically drown in a puppy pool. Yeah. Some puppies climb, they love it. But yeah, yeah so, so
1: very quickly you can breed that. So, that's, so that was that. my I mean, that was my thinking with this with Sam, like suddenly being able to withstand the toxicity of the planet. Yeah, that, by, that would have had to have been. like if she's a
0: first generation. Human. That would have had to have been direct genetic engineering to achieve that. You I would think, think so, right? yeah,
1: yeah. which maybe was the case, and the film just didn't discuss it.
0: Well, it's, and that's why I think maybe the hint there with Lucy the pig, because <clears throat> Lucy the pig might have been the result of some very selective breeding with embryonic transplants and, you know, like really accelerated Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. And then the results of that could have gone into... What, what became Pigs same, are, yeah. pigs are uh, similar in many ways to humans.
1: It's a bit of a, like, probably a nod to Dolly the sheep, you know, that kind of idea, yeah. isn't it? It's like, oh, maybe we can clone a sheep and then clone a human or, you know, like, so you're right that way, that the scientific, the scientific thinking of it, like, yeah, we do it to pigs and then it works.
0: But yeah, so I mean, and this same thinking then was what was behind this movement of eugenics, except eugenics was not based on science which is the problem because it, it does make a lot of sense and it happens naturally in human society that uh you know two athletic parents are more likely to have athletic children yeah in part due to genetic um factors but also in part due to social factors You know, nature versus nurture sort of thing to space brain,
1: parents and, are more likely to have crazy space <laughs> you know, brain kids. <laughs> you don't want to see my kids. Uh,
0: no, they're beautiful. But yeah, and, and yeah. then of course, this happens naturally. You know, if if there are athletic kids, they'll tend to hang around with other athletes because yeah. they're, they're on the they track think. team, they're yeah. on the footy team and they tend to meet other swimmers or runners or whatever. And So you Breed sort of get, with more athletes, you sort of get yeah. these natural deviations yeah. in human society. But you know, you go back to... Uh, the turn of the century the 19th century going the 20th century and the Nazis made it I was going to say the Nazis made it popular but it's well known that the Nazis were into this eugenics but it was actually a concept that was carried through a lot of the 1800s by most nations America the UK they all had these ideas of you know racial supremacy through genetic means and there was no um, practicing of this. There's, there's a kind of practicing where you know rich parents would only want their kids to be with other rich because they're of proper blood type of thing. That sort of attitude. But it was the the people that really took the ball and ran uh, beyond the ethical goalposts were the Nazis, who who I guess their basic regime was based on the concept that they were superior just by dint of. their their blood. The sad thing is, of course, that you actually get stronger humans through, and in general there's this thing called hybrid vigor, where you have greater difference in genetic input material results more commonly in stronger, more vigorous youth. So they do this with um, cows and sheep. So for example, you get like a a purebred Angus uh, bull, you'll tend to breed that not with other purebred Angus heifers, but with non-Angus because the offspring then is actually grows faster and is stronger and less prone to disease. Yeah. So the ironic thing there with the poor old Nazis is trying to keep you know genes pure down to a close race. You actually get a greater variety and stronger chance of good Healthy humans by having a more varied and mixed yeah. gene pool so there's
1: more risk of like deformities and yeah the, the greater uh, the diversity
0: the the better yeah. the opportunity of yeah. genetic mixing to produce good results and this is where
1: humans in our modern day it works, doesn't it, and why we're probably breeding like crazy because. We do vary it so much with air travel and all sort, you know, yeah, all well, that sort. We're, like we're not really limited, are we? So
0: yeah, so so it's, I'm sorry to burst the bubble of any neo Nazis and I said, but I hope
1: won't... none of them are listening to our podcast. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't, it's not sort of I'll give that, up on but... those podcast listeners. Sorry, <laughs> you yes, can yes, stop your, listening your if you theories, are a neo-Nazi. Your theories of eugenics <laughs> are
0: not scientific. But hit us up on
1: much. Instagram and let us. know. <laughs> I'd love to have that conversation. Yeah, so if, mm.
0: I'm just wondering if there's some sort of a you could do some sort of a, a crossover mashup app between Tinder and oh, Ancestry.com, you know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Make sure you've got the greatest diversity going on there.
1: Yeah, make sure you're not well <laughs> Make sure you're not meeting your cousin <laughs> yeah, that's or something. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: but that, but we're probably almost guaranteed not to meet our cousin because of the modern world really. Uh, like well, that's I the was born like the Raised in Canberra, schooled yeah. in you know, a few that's thousand kilometres off, yeah. and
0: now I'm 3,000 kilometres to yeah. the west. Uh, so
1: surely if you go back even a hundred years ago, it was more problem that you might well, yeah, hook up with your cousins. You know? right. How things. did that even work? You know, I mean, well, I, I mean, think what it worked in Australia and, and probably the same in America was immigration because we just had people from all over the places coming here and, and as, they did breed. As a result, and, these
0: yeah. colonies, uh, you know, for... For the age, if you do the age comparison between the United States and any European nation, like you, the United States is, is totally exploded with power and wealth. Yeah. And it's only relatively young yeah. to Europe. Yeah. And likewise, Australia, we're like twenty-four, twenty-five million 25 million people. But, you know, we're in the, the, the upper, extremely wealthy 100. upper regions of productivity and so forth. Yeah. Uh, even again, when you compare to European nations, yeah. where they've had a lot longer go at it. And one of the reasons for that is diversity and mixing. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you do,
1: yeah. It'd be interesting to compare it to, say, maybe a place like China. You know, that maybe hasn't had as much um, immigration and stuff. You know, mm. like you know. So yeah, yeah, it is interesting, isn't it?
0: So there you go. We should. There's we'll a whole other podcast about that. pick up husbands and wives in China.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or something. No Australians do that, do they?
0: Well, it's, it's usually Thailand and
1: Yeah, it is more Indonesian. And,
0: yeah. like you go there for holidays and you go, hey, these are really nice people. Yeah,
1: I'll marry someone. <laughs> I'll take one home. I'll, I'll take one home as a souvenir. Yeah, And my dollar goes so far here yeah, that it, it
0: works. Yeah, so I'll, I'll
1: provide for your whole family.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> and thus we become a stronger people. We do because okay, of well, diversity. Well, let's talk about... Some filmmaking? Yeah, well, we, we have
1: talked a bit about it. Like you, you mentioned the acting before and I kind of liked all that. I mean, the cinematography was pretty... I think, I think rather than going through all the different aspects, I think probably it is just best to pick on... I think the standout in the visuals of this film was the special effects mm. of especially the city. I think that vine tree overgrowth was amazing. Like there was some scenes there, you know, they rode those quad bikes down a street. You had all the buildings covered in it, um, cars covered in it, broken to the side, broken buildings. Like that was some pretty damn cool special effects. I kind of kept from the filmmaking point of point of view in my brain. I kept thinking, how have they actually done that? Like it mm, really, very it really was very convincing because it didn't look like computer animation, it looks real. And yet then I was thinking, well, how have they gotten the buildings to crumble when they are really driving through them on a quad bike? You know, like how have they actually done that? So I really liked that then. I couldn't see the stitching. I couldn't see the special effects there's there. A, there's
0: a great YouTube channel. Um, you may have heard i them called Corridor 35 or something. Yep. And they do special effects. Mm.
1: Yeah, so it was amazing. And I, I mean, look, you could see those practical effects with that vine that I know at the end where they went to that place with the helium, uh, where they got the helium, that old amusement park, like you could see some of the natural vines versus the special effects vines. And it, and it really did work, you know, like that crossover between the two, like the special effects versus the physical effects. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the, you could see the difference. And I don't mean like you could... Totally see what was artificial or not, but what they'd done is they'd covered everything with fake leaves, so the actors walk through that, so you it looks real, yeah, you know, but then maybe on the wall it was computer, you know what i mean but but it was it looked really real, they'd done a really lovely mix between the two
0: yeah i, I think there was it yeah it it looked utterly committed. it i think probably helped having all that fog
1: yeah, and that that's the thing like. But the fog. I've seen a couple of horror films and stuff over time, where they do things like fake fogs and stuff. But I think this also did it well because they kind of covered the whole city in fog. But then also the fact that then when she was up in her mountain top place, there was no fog, mm. um, and she sort of like drove out of the fog, and the fog was in the distance. Yeah. And then when you're in the thick of the city, because of those other the vines and the leaves and the Darkness and the dullness, the fog kind of worked. Yeah, whereas as I said, like I have seen a couple of horror films where it doesn't quite work because they just kind of lay it on really thick and it's almost like the characters can't see anything, <laughs> and you're just kind of like, Oh, that's really fake,
0: you know. Well, it's, and, it's like those supposedly nighttime shoots where it's clearly yeah, daytime, clearly daytime, and yeah. they just put like a bit of a blue filter on it. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. so it's been yeah. dreadful. Well, so, in fact,
1: you can even shoot, you can shoot day through your camera and make it night. And some they used to do that in the old westerns. So yeah. it's just to do with like how you open your f-stop and stuff. So it's like it's not even a filter. Like it's just the way you shoot it. So it's like, but you can totally tell it's yeah. daytime. You know? Yeah. The, so the, the 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 shading. The shadows and the, the, the
0: shades. Yeah. So the YouTube is the the corridor crew, and they do all special effects things. Yeah. That, right. And they, they analyze. They have a series of like you know best and worst where they'll show a scene from a a movie yep. where yeah the the melding of special effects computer graphics into practical or or real mm. is really well yep. done and they'll point out the spot exactly where they swapped the characters and stuff yeah. and then they'll show you one where it, it doesn't work and they'll show why you know this character his foot slides a little bit and yeah. it doesn't work right and, and the that's wind cool. does uh, our um our Western Australian Fellow uh, Grant Spittori did a special on there where he was talking about I Am Mother, which we we covered a little while ago. We did. And he looks at that where some of the, a lot of the mother special effects were a suit, practical, but there's some surprising spots where it actually was entirely CG, or at least partially CG. Uh, And for practical reasons, it was working with the toddler. There was no way they could get the toddler to hold the hand of this robot yeah. and walk next to it. Yeah. So they just got mum and then superimposed the robot over top. So mum right. wore like a couple of dots, dots. Yep. and walked along and the toddler was happy to walk and then it looked like the toddler was walking next to mother. you got to
1: do what you got to do. But yeah, so um, I <laughs> checked Corridor that crew. The
0: Corridor Crew on, on YouTube if you're interested in the way special yeah, things yeah. get used. They've done yeah. a few things like make an r eight version of Home Alone yeah. which is very funny mm-hmm. and it's incredible yeah. what they were able to do because they, they used just the footage like from the DVD yeah. release and then reworked it with their computers Super and re-rendered imposed, it. Yeah. And that they actually could get away with changing it quite a lot. It makes you yeah. wonder how many films they've actually, in post, totally altered.
1: Yeah, and there is plenty that do. And we've talked about this, like, um, uh, has, you know, from the beyond, yeah. you know, like he, he, he shares a lot of his special effects stuff that he does. He's working for a Disney TV show at the moment. Um, but he shares a lot of that kind of like using projection versus green screens and things like this, mm. um, and uh, yeah, he's a very good guy to have a look at on Twitter if you are interested as well as a filmmaker that's doing stuff in the sci-fi realm and uh, showing you some of those behind-the-scenes stuff that he does on on his projects. Yeah, but I think that's the main thing to pick on for this film. I think you know the the rest of it. The acting was really good. Special effects really good. Um, But, yeah, I mean, in terms of, like, camera and lighting and sound, we probably didn't have anything really stand out majorly, I don't think. Um, And we've gone over the plot. I mean, I think personally the plot we probably kind of, I don't know, like it would have been maybe a little bit more interesting to come in at a different point in the story maybe. Like it felt a little bit it felt a little bit slow at the start to me, you know, like we learnt a lot about her before Mika or Micah came into the story and I think he could have probably come in a bit earlier in the piece yeah. or they could have ramped it up, the drama, a bit more earlier in in terms of if he didn't come in, maybe the storm needed to hit a lot earlier. I don't know, there was a a pretty big setup of Sam. Like I kind of got the gist of what was going on with her a lot quicker than I think they gave maybe the audience credit for, um, but yeah, I think I think special effects wise, it really nailed it. I was really impressed with the fog and the city and where it was and yeah. how it was shown. And I think it was clever that you know you went up that mountain to her clean air and that was all clear, and yet like the city was covered in this fog thing, you know, yeah. like and then you there's can see kind the of the very tri- broken bits of the city, poking yeah, out. poking out, you know, yeah, so it, it
0: was so convincing it made you feel like you wanted to see more action more things happen in there yeah yeah because it looked so mysterious and interesting they'd be yeah hiding secrets and you know little revelations about what had happened and that's right clues on what could happen and
1: and maybe that's what i also mean about the the plot like i felt like uh, I, I would. I wanted to know a bit more about what happened. I wanted to know a bit more about that backstory, you know, mm. and even her father's science, like the pig and so, Maybe we should have. Maybe we could have learned a bit more about that. Make it a bit like, more obvious. Yeah, that, that and and then something even, was going on. yeah, and then even the space station, like we say, like like a hundred hundred um, ships left Earth, and they went to this power station. Then, but then that's it. We don't. We get this email correspondence with. Um, good old musky, but we don't know anything about it, you know? Like, And that's why I I was thinking, because they kept us in the dark about that so much, I was kind of leaning towards maybe the twist will be that, in fact, there is no power station. It's a trick. Like it's a failed station in space.
0: She's communicating with someone locally. Yeah,
1: or Or it's just a message or something, you know, like it is her father pre-recorded messages or something, you know, like... And uh, maybe it would turn out that it's a ghost ship out there in space that no one really survived, you know. Um, but but no, it wasn't that way. But I just it, maybe that was the thing. I think plot-wise, we could have had a bit more of that that side of it be developed. I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. But overall, like yeah, it kept me interested, and um, it was a good, tight. You know, the fact that you only had a couple of characters for the whole film, and they really did solidly debate you know, evolution and the idea of, like, humans not being alone. You know, I think that's what this film was and, all about. And it wasn't, whether
0: it was the end of the world or the yeah, beginning of a
1: new world. The beginning of a new world. And, you know, humans shouldn't be on their own. They need someone else. You know, like we say so if everyone left Earth, that would be why would you stay? It's actually defeatist of the purpose of being a human. Yeah. You know, like we actually survive in numbers. We always have. We need to evolve with each other. We need to kind of get along with each other. We need someone else for us to survive, really, you know, and thrive. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the film touched on that. But let us know what you thought about the IO and also what we've talked about tonight um, through our different mediums. So we are on Twitter.
0: At Gravity Undone or at Pod.
1: Yep, and Space Brains podcast is both on Instagram and Facebook. So yeah, please reach out, um, let us know. We will reply to you, and if you were involved at any point of making this film, that would be lovely to speak to you as well.
0: Yes, that would be awesome. Even if it's just <laughs> even if it's just Lucy. Yes, because she was darling.
1: She was. She was absolutely awesome. So any of you out there, we will hit you up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and come back to us and let us know what you thought about what we've talked about, whether you agree with us, disagree, uh, it's good to know. We've had some good responses. And also maybe what we a film that we should look at or sci-fi that we should investigate. Um, we don't mind We with CU uh, yesterday. That was suggested by a colli- colleague of mine. So, yeah, let us know of a film and we can do that. And our next episode, oh, sorry. I
0: was like Event Horizon was also a special request. Oh, that's right. Sorry, Event Horizon. Early on, was yep,
1: yep. So then we've had a couple of recommendations and we've gone with it. So let us know if you want to be part of the space brain situation. And what's our next?
0: Next film is Snow Snowpiercer. It's a fantastic that's... film by Korean director. Why are you looking at me funny?
1: <laughs> uh, that no, no reason. I thought um, we were doing a different film, but we can do yeah. Snowpiercer.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I thought we were going to do the thing. But that's okay. We can do Snowpiercer.
0: We're doing Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. I we'll know. do the
1: thing, the, the following one.
0: The thing will be the following one. And that's that'll be the new thing. And this is the yeah. only Snowpiercer. Yes. A... There has been talks of sequels and, and spin-off shows yeah. and things.
1: So I know Chris Evans is in it and then it is a Korean director. Isn't
0: it? Yes. Yeah. I'm just, just going to quickly tell you who it is. Snowpiercer. Uh Screenplay by Bong Joon-ho and Kelly Masterson. It's based on Le Transpersonage. Which translates from French as Snowpiercer by Jacques Lobb, uh Benjamin Legrande, Jean Marc Rochette, and it stars Yeah, Chris Chris Evans, Evans yeah, Chris Evans. Captain Sam America. Kang ho, yeah, <laughs> Tilda Swinton, Jamie Bell, Octavio Ah Spacer. Tilda
1: Swinton, yes, yes, yes. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, and Ed Harris is, well, we won't spoil it until we get there, but yes. I have seen Snowpiercer before, but I look forward to... Uh, it's it's, a, good at it's it a, good a good one. It is a good
0: one. I'm wondering if this is going to become a classic, a bit of a cult. Yeah, maybe that'll fun. be part of
1: our topic, yeah. It'd be good if you're out there and let us, uh, hit us up to see what you think of Snowpiercer. So that's all for tonight, and we will see you next episode of Space Brains. Bye. Bye-bye.